and welcome to episode three of Behind the Drawbridge, the podcast from Castle Cameras. Uh, my name's Graham, uh, and uh, I'm your host. And uh, with me is my co-host Rob. Say hi, Rob. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. So we're back, third episode. <laughs> Feels yeah. good. Yeah. This is this is our um, as I said to you earlier. This is our Return of the Jedi episode, isn't it? Or uh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to call it our Goldfinger episode. That that's. Too high a bar, isn't it? Absolutely, <laughs> if you're a Bond yeah. Fan. Yeah, no, probably more. Um, yeah, you know, the Last Jedi or something like that. So it's, uh, yeah, it, obviously not the best stuff, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll deliver a good job. So uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> all good. So in the news this week, Rob, uh, I think the main news we need to talk about is the death of the Sony A mount. So uh, it seems, uh, although we've had no official word, all over the uh, the uh, the internet has sort of been um, stories of uh, the A mount not being available. Certainly, we've not been uh, able to order anything. It's showing us out of stock on uh, on our ordering system. So uh, it looks like it's been retired. Was that in- inevitable? Well, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it was going to come at some point, wasn't it? But uh, do, do we I, need violins for it? Or um, not really? I mean, no. <laughs> the A mount. Just, I mean, the A mount. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. The A mount was an oddball, wasn't it? It was. It was a weird fish. It was. It was. You know, it almost had the worst of both worlds. It was. It was. A, it was a mirrorless camera with a mirror, uh, and it was a DSLR with an EVF. So, I, yeah, was, but when I have customers in the store, I tell them. If it wasn't for the A mount, we wouldn't have had all that mirrorless E mount technology. And it was that exactly. translucent mirror yeah. that inspired Sony to go, well, actually, we could do away with this because we can. Yeah, uh, just ha- not have it at all. So yeah, yeah, they, they were pushing the uh, the boundaries of technology, weren't they? I mean, uh, and, and although it wasn't like you say, it wasn't a great selling system. It was uh, it was the precursor to what was to follow. So uh, yeah, it it was mm. the Leica three to the Leica M. It was the same kind of deal. <laughs> so uh, um, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, it, it was a strange camera, but they had some amazing glass for it, didn't they? Um, mm. So you know, that Zeiss glass was top drawer so uh and i suppose you know it's what sony it's how they break into the into the market when they bought minolta in 2006 and uh yeah sort of went from there didn't it but uh yeah it's uh you know is it a signal of what's to come from the other manufacturers but um i think it would be a lot slower road but um yeah Yeah, i think it is the way it's going to go but um, well, that's a little neat segue, isn't it, into what we are going to talk about? Really. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. So, uh, putting the uh, putting the Sony to bed, uh, as Rob said, this is that's a neat little segue into what we want to talk about today. Rob, do you suffer from gas? Uh, yes, I do. I've, uh, <laughs> I've seen people about it. Um, but yes, I mean, it's a perfect topic for middle-aged men to talk about. Indeed. You know, gas is a, a serious affliction, uh, and, uh, it affects many, many middle-aged men, not, not just middle-aged men, but particularly middle-aged men. But, uh, but in case you can't guess what we're talking about, gas is the uh, acronym for gear acquisition syndrome. So is it's... It? <laughs> I, I, I thought it was a medical thing we were doing. <laughs> I thought I was going to genuinely get help <laughs> from Doctor Fry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, it, I think it is a medical condition, perhaps. Mm. 
<laughs> what was my acronym? I, I said to you earlier the week, we should call it SID. I can't remember what I said. Stuff stuff I need. Stuff I need. Yeah, yeah. Sin. Yeah. <laughs> sin, that was it. Not yeah. Sid, Sin. Yeah. Sin. It's a sin. Certainly our wives think so. <laughs> but um but yeah i think uh gear acquisition syndrome it's uh it's a crazy thing it affects many of us and uh in case you don't know what that is uh it's 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 that problem whereby you just are compelled to keep buying pieces of equipment in your chosen subgenre. so whether that be photography or whether that be uh watches or whether that be uh <laughs> rob's uh covering well, his uh brow there well, well, uh, classic, classic cars classic cars which is even worse <laughs> uh, gu- gu- guilty as charged sir <laughs> on, on all three accounts <laughs> but uh yeah so you know why, why does gas exist rob what, what where, where does it come from where, what, what do you think well uh, i, I thought I think society has changed. I think when uh, you look back at your grand grandparents' generation, and I remember they, for ages, they had an old sofa because they couldn't afford a new sofa, and they waited until they had that money, bought a new sofa, or it was a new carpet, or a new um, washing machine, or, or something like that. They waited till they had the money, and I just don't think that was there. Nowadays, it's that thing of you see something, oh, I want that, I'll, I'll have it. And you can have it on credit, you can have it on um, 0% finance or whatever it is. If you want it, you can have it immediately. But I think also when you look at how we watch TV, how we listen to music, it's all instantaneous. You can um, just download something instantly, listen to a whole album instantly. You can more, more with TV, you can just watch a whole series uh, on catch up. It's, it's there. It's an immediate thing, isn't it? Instant gratification. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a thing. And I think, uh, like you say, it's uh, uh, that, that modern thing where you're seeing on TV, you're seeing on Instagram, you're seeing all this stuff, you know, people using this gear and you think that's cool. I need that. And, uh, you know, I think that's what, what pushes this further. And I, I guess YouTube is another guilty party as well, you know, and uh, when you're first getting into a hobby, um, you know, you, you, you're kind of naturally researching it and uh, they're saying, oh, you need this to take this picture or, you know, you, you need this camera, you know, and it just it, it keeps going and going and going, doesn't it? And it's quite easy to get swept up in, in that and uh, just feel like you have to constantly be buying new gear to keep up. Um uh- and it's also the connection with uh, friends, um, you know, through Facebook, Instagram, uh, or as I call it, anti-social media, um, whereby you see your friends go, oh, I've got just got this, oh, I've just got that, oh, how did you do this? Oh, I, I use this lens or I use this particular camera. Suddenly they're thinking, oh, yeah, that's what I need. And also I think we have customers in where you have – well, of course, we can't talk about this because we obviously do have multiple multiple cameras – um, uh, but then people will end up having maybe one or two uh, different cameras. They'll have a one with interchangeable lenses, have a small camera for when they're out in a city or something. Um, so I don't think it's no longer is it just one camera. It's it's multiple cameras. Hang on a minute, sorry. 
one of the kids upstairs is using the toilet and just flushed it right above my head. <laughs> oh, I couldn't hear that. <laughs> Yo, you can hear it. <laughs> well, there you go. There's gas for you. There's gas right there. For reals. Hang on a sec. Yes! Be quiet. I'm on doing a podcast. Doing a podcast. Be quiet. That includes flushing the toilet. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> okay, where do we get to? Um, yeah, certainly having multiple cameras is, is definitely a, a, a thing, isn't it? And it's, uh, I mean, I, speaking from experience as a man that uh, has had many cameras, uh, including, you know, at some points over, well over 25 cameras in my house at once, um, <laughs> It's it, it can be a serious affliction um, and it's hard to get over it. It's hard to say no. <laughs> but uh, I think it's it's that thing of you get something and you use it and it's brilliant. And then that little thing starts nagging away in your head again saying, but could this just be just a little bit better? And, you know, that X, Y, Z, you know, will that give me that, just that little bit extra? And then you well, get it and right. then it's just, do, oh. Do, do you remember when the X-Pro 3 was came out or uh, Carl oh. came over into our shop and he had yeah, it? Yeah. And, <laughs> and of course, on the, the back of it, you can have this digital screen that looks like in the old days where you took the uh, the lid off the film. The to end put, of the film to, carton. To, yeah, yeah, to show you what film you were shooting. And you, you and I were both like... Oh, look at that. That's fantastic. I, I, I wanted to buy that camera just yeah, for that feature. Yeah. <laughs> no other reason. And I think uh, Carl knew it, didn't he? He thought, yeah. right, I'd probably get two sales out of this. <laughs> he would. He would. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, it, w- it wouldn't be, you know, f- apart from the fact of impending death from the missus, uh, it was the only mm. thing that stopped me. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a, a modern societal thing in a way. It's just, it's, it's just pushes it harder and harder. And you've, you've got this constant barrier of people telling you you need this new stuff and i guess if you're a member of a camera club you see people there getting new stuff and you think that's cool i want some mm. of that and then you go home look on youtube and they're telling you you want it and uh instagram they're telling you you want it but you know the truth often is you don't need to upgrade that quickly do you you know and especially with camera bodies because you know i think that the the jump in generations between camera bodies isn't necessarily as significant as say buying a new lens you know i think you're probably better off if you do want to do anything put some money into a new lens uh because because your lens is going to last isn't it you know Mm. and uh Mm. unless of course you bought a sony (laughs) amount but but there is actually a a, you know sony just released uh the, the most recent and final adapter didn't they the uh the la LA EA five. Oh, five. Yeah. 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 So, you know, but yeah, I think, you know, investing in glass is probably the way to go, but I mean, just to give you a, an idea, um, when we're talking film cameras used to have like a a product life cycle of about eight years, roughly. So if we, if we use the Nikon F as an example, Mm. um, that was released in 1959 and it was 13 years before the F2 appeared. 
Uh, and then it was um, every eight years there was a new F model until the last one, the F6 in 2004. And there's been a bit of a gap since I was still waiting for the F7. Uh, I don't know if it's going to turn up. But uh, mm. and then and then when they uh, but then when they switched to digital, the D1, they released that in '99. And then it was every four years there was a new D um, to sort of coincide with the Olympics. And and then and that's a pro camera where that market is pretty stable and, and pros need that stability. Mm. When you look at the consumer market, it's even worse. Yeah. The, the product cycle so, can be one to two years. So Sony are culprits of this. That's a terrible word to use for them, but because it, I think it's just the way the te- technology is. I think if you look at mobile phones, there's a mobile phone, a new version comes out what, every 18 every, months or every year, even more pretty frequently, much. pretty much every year. Yeah. Um, but if you look at the Sony um, the 6000 range, which was off the back of the next, wasn't it? The next yeah, 7 yeah. was the last one. Um, that So from 6000 to the 6600, we're looking five years. So it's no 2013, that, um, no, 2014, the 6000 came out, and 2019, the 6600 came out. Five so years. Five years. Um, and only now are they now getting rid of two of the models aren't they i think it's yeah. the six five is going and i think the six one i oh, know sony steve won't like that if he no, listens no. to this <laughs> but five <laughs> but, years I, I mean, extraordinary i, 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 I mean, think it's the, the speed of the technology i mean i had a guy come in once who had bought a six five hundred and he did video he wanted the six four hundred because the video is better on the six four hundred yeah. no uh, but, and this is it i mean i'm not sure that it's i don't think it's a, a cynical marketing employee of sony i think like you say they just develop the tech so quickly they're just mm. they just have they just keep getting it out there because they, they want to get it out because once they've got it out it put again it pushes the development of the next model and and you know and so on and so on it keeps them going it keeps pushing that technology which is a great thing but it doesn't help those poor people that do tend to suffer with gas it means they've got to keep buying a new model to, to keep up. And uh, I think what we're trying to say is it's it's okay to just take a step back from that, isn't it? You know, you don't feel like you need to buy the next model all the time. It's 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 not, you know, I'm doing ourselves out sales here, but it's not <laughs> it's it's not that you have to keep Sorry, buying we'll, cameras. We'll, we'll cut that bit. <laughs> yeah, we'll cut that bit. But no, I mean like I said, you know, if you if you do want to buy stuff, you know, I, I think that it's it's better to buy glass, you know, buy a lens and then and then you know maybe wait a couple of models before you you upgrade and then you'll you'll get a nice big lift in in the technology. The trouble with that is that's the boring part the camera isn't yeah, it because it doesn't do does, anything it doesn't get do any anything. nice switches yeah. and dials and um and i think that's why i think you and i love fuji because they tapped into a whole retro thing of going back to dials and we'd become a, a very sort of button pushing sort of cameras going into menus and they um took it back to how kind of rangefinder cameras were and um, well i was 50s yeah. and 60s so, i mean yeah. uh, like i say we talked about gas from this modern digital perspective but of course you know when you get into film photography um you know as we see a lot of people do now it's uh, it can be crazy because you've got all those film cameras from from the last 
you know, 50 years of the 20th century, for example, that mm. are just there waiting to be explored, you and, know. And, and of course, and, you suffer from Lyca disease as well, which is... <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> Although I, I am pleased to say that I have, uh, I, I think... I've been clear of it for, for a little while. So, uh, but I, I definitely went through a severe um, case of red dot-itis, uh, which lasted for uh, for a good long time. Have you had uh, a jab for that? Yeah, had a jab. Well, it was more of a, a, a jab or a, a right hook from the missus that, <laughs> that put a stop to it. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I it, it was it was what I was saying. I, I started with, with uh, digital seriously when I started photography, you know, but long time ago when you know very earliest digital and then you know i sort of explored film cameras again and and you know you get a 35 mil and then you sort of get a better 35 mil then you get another 35 mil and then you start getting compact 35 mils and then you think oh i'll give medium format a go and and then uh, you're running both side by side and and then you think i'm going to get a better medium format camera so then you go and buy a Hasselblad and then and then you think well I've got a Hasselblad I need to upgrade my 35 so uh, I need to go get myself a Leica now and uh, <laughs> then you get your Leica and, you, and and just like you were saying Rob you feel the nice knobs and dials and, and it's very nice thing to to hold and play with it's it's, it's definitely a, a grown-up toy and then it just snowballs you, mm. all of a sudden you've spent uh, you know a mortgage on <laughs> on uh, on cameras and lenses, and it, it gets a bit crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I started with film, and I think um, I remember the photos I took on film more than the photos I took on digital. Yes. So, um, you know, I'm in, on a holiday in France. I can remember certain pictures that I I took, and I used to use slide film because um, my background was I. I uh, used to make uh, slideshows um, for a company. Um, so we used to create all those slides. And I just started to realize that slide film was just such a lovely thing to use. Um, and I can remember those pictures instantly. But digital, it's just because there's so much of it, you can't really yeah, assimilate I mean, it into any kind of time frame. You just think, oh, yeah, I did a bunch there, did a whole load there. And then it's, um, so it's do you think lost. That, that might be why gas develops more for film cameras you know because it's that emotional attachment that you develop towards these cameras um, yeah and it's the same as our other uh our other infliction uh, which is uh collecting vinyl absolutely <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> i mean but let's th- seriously think about vinyl and why do we like it because it's a, such a tactile thing it's um it's a perfect size because you have your hands pretty much that distance apart when you want to pick something up um i'm just watching a sky arts thing at the moment about um uh, record cover photography and it's oh, very cool. and of course there's people that just go and buy um these photographers are saying they, they buy albums not because just, they're interested in the music they see like. the image and they buy the image um and of course as photographers we we like imagery and and of course you, you get that from vinyl but also it's the the sound the sound it elicits it, it, uh, an emotional response in you yeah, doesn't it yeah. and and it's the same when you yeah. like you say you're handling a film camera and you you produce something slow considered and it comes out and you've crafted this thing and although mm. you still essentially do that with digital i think 
somehow with film, I mean, this this is starting to turn into a whole other podcast, but and we mm. can certainly do a whole other podcast about analog photography. I mean, certainly that is my mm. absolute passion in terms of photography. But yeah, I think that's the root of it. I think I think mm. it's because it elicits an emotional response in us, and I think that's probably where the gas comes from. It's just like you want to keep feeding that emotional response. You think if I get another this really cool camera, it's going to make me feel good. And uh, yeah, and they certainly become collectible, don't they? And uh, and almost, you know, why do some brands in particular have that really strong gas appeal? I know we touched on it, like Leica and Hasselblad, you know, and I guess it's, is it down to collectability uh, in the fact that, you know, like with Leica M's, there wasn't as many Leica M models as there were modern digital camera models. So although there isn't that need to buy loads and loads and loads every year. You know, there was big gaps between the models because mm. there isn't so many models. Is that why they're I so desirable? I think it's history. Yeah. I think also a lot of um, famous photographers use Leicas, um, mainly because it was quality equipment. Yeah. Um, yeah. From, from, if you're looking at today, people think, oh, actually, yeah, that guy used a Leica. He used a Leica. She used a Leica. It's got this... Uh, uh, it's, like I say, a history um, where people want to tap into that. Um, who was the photo- there was a photographer who uh, I can't think of his name now, but he had a whole case of them. He sat at the same model, so he would open the case, and uh, apparently they're all the same model. He would just go to the next one. And my friend uh, uh, Ben, who's a well, he's a bit of a magpie. He collects everything. Uh, he used to do that with Olympus Strip thirty fives. Yeah, <laughs> so he, he get, get the really cheap from uh, a car boot sale and. Yeah. Uh, in his flat, he had a windowsill and uh, just before his front door, and he had them all lined up so he could, they all had films in. So he could just grab the next one. He didn't have to think about which one he was grabbing. I think they had different films in. And so he had to uh, just check, oh, I need that film today or I'll leave that one. That's very but, cool. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think so for them, the, the gas was probably existing then um, yeah, yeah. in terms of the, you know, the, the photographer or a whole case of Likers. I'll think of his name after the podcast, which yeah, okay. happens when you're middle-aged. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. No, but it's collectability. It's like it's like Pokemon cards for adults, really, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, you've yeah. got to catch them all. So <laughs> you, you want the full set. Um, except with Likers, I guess it can become ruinously expensive unless, of course, you have the means to... Uh, to do it without thinking about it but i guess then it wouldn't be so fun but yeah no it's, it's an interesting topic and uh mm-hmm. it's uh certainly a, 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 a something that we come across quite a lot in the shop i mean uh, i mean have you got any funny stories of like the lengths that people go to to uh hide their gas affliction from uh, their loved ones but uh, i mean just one that springs well, to mind i've got a buddy and i'm not going to name names because i suspect <laughs> he's listening to this but every time he bought something new and he took it home well, there was two things, but he, he used to buy things, take them home. And then when his missus asked how much it was, whatever it costs, he'd take a zero off the end. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I, I've always said to him, make sure you put in your will that when you die and your wife sorts out your gear, it's you, she comes to me first. Because <laughs> so, she's going to go, oh, yes, this this like a, uh, uh, you know, whatever lens. Uh, I think... He paid five hundred pounds for it. <laughs> oh no, I've just said well, his name. <laughs> uh, that's his fake name, isn't it? <laughs> that's his fake name. <laughs> well, uh, funny story. So, um, 
Before I worked at Castle Cameras, I worked somewhere else. Um, somewhere else in Dorset. I, I'm trying to protect this person because uh, <laughs> I think his affliction was quite bad and he was protecting his uh, life, I think, from his, uh, his beloved. Um, so he used to come into the shop and uh, say, oh, I want a certain item. And we'll say, oh, yeah, well, we'll put that down as an order. And, of course, it was quite old-fashioned. We'd take a name. And he would say, oh, no, 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 no. You can't take my name. I'll just come round um, on a Monday. Um, so he just would come around every Monday and we would just signal through the window whether it was there or not. <laughs> so there, there couldn't be any phone number or he didn't have email. So it was very much kind of, yeah, you just let me know when it's in and I will be here because I'm in on every Monday. <laughs> it was like some, you know, Cold War spy novel. You had to yeah, do uh, yeah. <laughs> field craft to uh, <laughs> pick, up your, yeah. pick up your goods. But yeah. uh, certainly this other guy that I know that, that used to you know, knock a zero off, uh, you know, his other uh, plan was to, uh, he used to uh, buy things and then have them sent to his friends, various friends. So he, he would buy a brand new item, have it posted to one of his mates, and then he would borrow that item from his friend <laughs> and his friend would post it to him and he'd borrow it and uh, sometimes for a little while and then he'd send it back and then he'd borrow it again and uh, yeah this uh, I think he still does that as well which is quite funny but uh, well, yeah well, the, I think that's the thing that it, it's the stuff is endless isn't it um, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it, <laughs> we, we, we can't talk about watches because that's no. your fault you got me into watches and now I'm <laughs> just looking at watches all the time and um, uh, the, the, I suppose my classic car thing is my own fault and uh, having a wife that's into them as well uh, that really helps and, well um, certainly yeah, she's just feeding so, the problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is great and of course you but, know I, mine used to be motorcycles as well I I had uh, I think five five bikes in my garage at one point you know it just it, it can get out of hand can't it I think you, you've got that personality where you haven't <laughs> yeah or, or you've got that money or you haven't <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> which is why I have no no cameras or no bikes anymore <laughs> do you think it's going to slow down because if you look at um Nikon and Canon and the launch of their mirrorless I mean we are now on mark twos of those and that seems to have happened Incredibly quickly. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. with the Z series, we've got um, we had Z6, Z7, where we're on Mark IIs of those. We've got the Z5, we've got the Z50. Um, I mean, they were, I suppose, late to the game, but that's, yeah. uh, that's yeah. um, enormously quick progression. Well, and of course, again, as we were saying earlier with the Sonys, it's a technological advancement and, and the need to bring out new models to keep feeding that progression. And, uh, you know, I can see people getting swept up in that and, and, you know, wanting to buy the next model to keep up, to feel that they're right on the cutting edge of, of what's available and, and what, you know, the tech that's out there to, uh, to enhance their experience. I mean, I guess, you know, I think these people, I mean, some people think, oh, you know, why would you keep buying new cameras knowing that it's not really going to make a difference in, in your images? You know, it might make your images slightly easier to take or make the whole process a little easier to do or whatever. But I think but I think that's missing the point. I think it's these people love all the latest tech, don't they, and the latest gadgets and the latest conveniences. And and I think that's what they get it for or almost satisfaction of having that that latest cutting edge item um, mm. 
yeah no it's, it's a very interesting psychology behind it all but um and it's yeah. slower with lenses um um, I mean, there's still great glass around from Nikon from the 70s um, and before. Um, but I suppose we're seeing it now again with the Canon. Um, I know they're swapping L series for RF lenses just because the um, the electronics works a little bit better, it's a little bit quicker. Um, and they're looking for that convenience of all the speed of it to. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. More than, more than just having the L series glass. And it's probably lighter. Yeah. Yeah, certainly the lenses are a little smaller, aren't they, for the RF mount? Um, but mm. just the thing that comes to mind straight away is the uh, the seventy to two hundred uh, LRF um, compared to the uh, the EF mount one. But it's it's, it's, it's a lot smaller. Um, but yeah, that's just the, the the progression of technology, which is uh, an incredible so, thing. So I've got a question, Graham. Is there anything you want to see in the next few years from a, a manufacturer? Um, I don't know, a particular if, sort of camera that they, no one's ever done. Um, it was a loaded question, so I've, I've got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I absolutely loved my um, my my Leica Monochrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a, a ridiculously extravagant camera to, to have even ever owned. And, uh, but I loved it uh, because for me, you know, when I used to shoot film, I only ever used Tri-X and I just loved shooting black and white. I love black and white. And when Leica released the monochrome, I said, one day I will have that camera. And I did for a while uh, until uh, I decided to propose to my partner. And then I needed some money to buy a ring. So I, I sold my monochrome to pay for her engagement ring. And I, I remind her of that every uh, every week. But um, <laughs> what I would like to see is... That's very honourable of you. <laughs> <laughs> what I would like to see is Fuji do uh, something like, uh, you know, like an X-Pro3, but there was an X-Pro3 monochrome mm-hmm. or, or an X100 monochrome. Now, I know, I know you can just, you know, obviously just put it in black and white simulation mode and away you go, but... Because the monochrome was different, it was a pure monochromatic sensor. It just the, the dynamic range it had in it, it just looked amazing. So I think if if someone like Fujifilm made a monochrome, I'd be all over that. I'd be all over that. Well, for me, it'd be um, well, we've talked about this, haven't we? And our kind of with Nikon, we sort of think, oh, I wish Nikon would go back to their the kind of rangefinder years, you know, the the oh, S range. Um, yeah. I'd love to see uh, uh, just recreate the S, an S three, S four, yeah. or an SP, or something like that, um, but a digital version because oh, film is Lord. they're not going to be able to sell the film ones or do both, do a film and a digital one, and then you can take your pick. But just the look of it is, um, I'm still after a film one, but um, yeah, I mean that would uh, uh, that would be incredible. Um, yeah. No, that is uh, one of the cameras that's, uh, yeah, it's it's just gorgeous, isn't it? Mm. I, I remember going to, you know, the Nikon school in London, um, when, when we've been for trading up there, they've got uh, one of the SP Millennium kits, haven't they, in the Gauss cabinet up there. I don't know if you've ever seen it when you've been in there, but it's, you know, utterly pristine SP, and it's just the most beautiful thing in the world. Yeah, mm. a digital one of those, Rob. Oh, yeah. my God. Didn't, wow. didn't it have a titanium curtain, the SP? 
See that, and that's there, there's gas in its all entirety, isn't it? Yeah, it's, exactly. it's those little things. Oh yeah, but they made it from titanium. Yeah, I've got to have that. <laughs> <laughs> that is why. <laughs> but yeah, that's where gas comes from. So uh, yeah, I mean, we would love to hear your uh, stories of gas. If you if you do have any gas, let us know about your gas. We would love to hear your gas, um, and we'd love to see you in the shop. Indeed, <laughs> <laughs> but we do, but. But, and we're so very discreet, aren't we? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you if you would like to let us know about your gas, we have we now have an email address where you can contact us. Uh, you can contact uh, Rob and I on uh, podcast at castlecameras.co.uk. So uh, if you've got any questions or tips or gas, uh, just email it in at, uh, podcast at castlecameras.co.uk. Rob and I would love to read out one of your questions and discuss it on a future podcast in fact shouldn't that be a helpline yes <laughs> it is yeah we're going we're to be manning that as a as a, a, a kind of um a help helpline for people suffering from the terrible affliction so yeah i think that wraps us up rob okay i okay. didn't even mention contacts <laughs> didn't even mention oh no shall we no, no we don't have to go down that road just yet but uh but yeah okay so uh that does us for today but uh it's been great to chat to you again guys and uh do join us next week on behind the drawbridge i've been graham goodbye and i've been rob and goodbye take care everyone cheers